Okay. Welcome to the Sunday show of Progressive News Network on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Janine Moloff, and I am the producer and your host. This week we have, I think, a really interesting program, and frankly, it should terrify you. All right? But we're going to start out. If you saw the advert, uh, the headline is Andrew Yang's Foolish Goals and the Real Nazis of Trumpism. Now, you have to remember, Andrew Yang was this uh, millionaire, billionaire, I forget how much wealth he actually has, basically another rich man who had never held public office at all decided that he could run for president. And while technically anyone who is over the age of 35 and a citizen that was born here uh, can run for president, that doesn't mean they should, all right? It's, it's you know, Political equivalent, the arrogance it takes is the political equivalent of somebody who was trained as a nurse's aide to decide that they're going to be the head of neurosurgery at Johns Hopkins. It doesn't work very well. Anyway, so just this past week, former presidential candidate Andrew Yang, along with a bevy of corporate, notice the word, corporate Dems, and Republicans announced the formation of a third political party, otherwise known as the Forward Together Party. In an incredibly vapid op-ed published in the Washington Post, they posted the political version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Bluebirds Fly, you know, all that as neo-Nazis scream loudly through the media. Now, Yang and his bunch, which includes uh, Republican politician Christine Todd Whitman pushed a series of dangerous and libelous false equivalencies between the progressive left, or liberals, and the Trumpist GOP, which is, as we know, filled to the brim with white supremacists, Christian nationalists, who are all pushing a dangerous theocratic model and open neo-Nazis. All right? And while there may be some people that don't agree with all that, they remain silent. So, you know, they're complicit. Now, somehow, Yang's call to sing Kumbaya, false flat, it really takes a special kind of tone deafness to the suffering of minorities to push what can only be considered a unilateral surrender to Trumpist Nazis, all for the benefit of white corporatists who are becoming a little nervous. I will discuss Yang's silly plan, which is far too similar to the previous cowards of Vichy during Hitler's rise and the political reality of advancing Nazism here in the United States. And as always, we will celebrate the jackass of the week. So let's get started. So what I did first of all is I downloaded the actual op-ed. And I wanna say, these are people, Yang is a rich man in business, Christine Todd Whitman, I think, is a former Republican governor, and David Jolly, who, according to this, is a former Republican congressman from Florida, and he's executive chairman of the Serve American Movement, and this is all uh, published on the Washington Post op-ed. Op-eds, for those of you who aren't sure, it's just another word for editorial. And as I said before, according to this, Christine Todd Whitman, former Republican governor of New Jersey, and co-founder of the Renew American Movement. And Andrew Yang is a former Democratic presidential candidate and is co-chair of the Forward Party. Now, these are all wealthy people. 
the only thing they're worried about is that, in my opinion, is that their corporate donors are getting a little nervous. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I have it here. So I'm going to read part of it. And again, this was published in the Washington Post. To quote from the, from the op-ed, the first line, political extremism is ripping our nation apart, and the two major parties have failed to remedy the crisis. Okay. Got me there. It's true. Um, but once again, these, this is an obvious statement. It's kind of like saying the sky is blue for right now. So the article, I'm going to get into the article. It says here, last week the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack at the Capitol led us to relive one of the darkest days in U.S. history. The chilling culmination, okay, my screen is freezing. The chilling culmination of an attempted electoral coup in the United States was the strongest evidence yet that we are facing the potential demise of democracy. Okay, well, you want, oh, oh dear. I lost it. Hold on a second, folks. You won't get any argument from me there. Unfortunately, my screen has has actually frozen. Give me a second, folks. Don't you love technology? All right. Give me a minute. I apologize. Technology is something else, isn't it? Now let's try it. Because all my notes, all my documentation is on the document. Because of this show, we don't just run our mouths. We have documentation. Okay? And usually each show includes anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 words of documentation. I have a good memory, but I can't remember all of it. All right. So we're waiting on it. And, again, this is really a, like I said, what Yang and Whitman are proposing is a silly event. It truly is. It's not only silly, it's tone deaf. But here, we're waiting for it. Oh, come on, word. Jesus Christ, what's going on here? We're waiting and we're waiting. I feel like this should be going dun, 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 dun. But, you know, here we go. Oh, thank God. Okay, so it's, all right. So, all right, come on. This thing is still driving me crazy here. Okay. So they go on getting back to the article now. Um, the next statement is polarization from the article. Polarization is fueling a spike in political intimidation. Okay. So let's get this straight. According to this article, and this is me talking, polarization occurred because those of us in communities of color, religious minorities, which means anyone who's not a Christian, women who refuse to be subservient, liberals, intellectuals, artists, and the LGBTQ community, and hopefully I didn't leave anyone out, finally, finally are fighting back. You know, the previous history of these centrist heralds only existed because minorities were outnumbered. So we were to, as the saying goes, quote, go along to get along. Now, our submission to the status quo that Forward Together has placed on this, on this golden, al- golden altar, like a false idol, was the political equivalent, I'll just say, it was the political equivalent of a rape victim submitting as a gun was placed to her head. Nothing more. Now, this article goes on, they talk about how in the past, ten, the past two years, 
They've seen death threats and assassination plots against uh, members of Congress, the Supreme Court justices, even the vice president, etc. Okay? But those threats came from the far right, none from the left. So why is Forward Together using this false equivalence argument? And they are. As you get further into this, this little vapid op-ed they wrote, you scroll down further, and they give you examples. For instance, on guns, it says, and I'm quoting from the article again, on guns, for instance, most Americans don't agree with calls from the far left to confiscate all guns and repeal the Second Amendment, but they're also rightfully worried by the far right's insistence on eliminating gun laws, end quote. Okay, first of all, many leftists, including myself, realize that they actually do need to arm themselves against rising Nazism. We're not anti-Second Amendment, and that's a false equivalence argument. We just don't want people <clears throat> that are mentally ill or have a uh, serious criminal record of violence to obtain AR-15s. And we don't think people need to take AR-15s when they go shopping at Target. But, you know, once again, um, the, uh, the, the people who wrote this op-ed, when they say that the far left wants to repeal the Second Amendment, <clears throat> they're basing that from a document, um, an article printed by the New Republic, which is a liberal, liberal publication. But once again, the editors of the New Republic do not speak for all leftists. Then they go on, they talk about climate change, how that's dividing us. And it says here, according to the, the editorial, quote, on climate change, most Americans don't agree with calls from the far left to completely upend our economy and way of life. But they also reject the far right's denial that there was even a problem. Okay, talk about this. Again, Forward Together is presenting another false equivalence presented with zero documentation. What they commonly call climate change, let's be honest, is global climate devastation caused directly by the fossil fuel industry, which is destroying the planet. And no, many leftists are not calling to, quote, as they say, completely upend our economy and way of life, end quote. That's a lie. The Green New Deal would call for the fossil fuel industry to pay for the damage they have knowingly done and then convert the industry to renewable fuels, period. That is a far cry from what Mr. Yang is saying, that the left wants to, quote, completely upend our economy and way of life in the name of uh, environmentalism. Not true. Okay? And I'm quoting documentation from Greenpeace, um, and you can find it, Fighting Climate Chaos, Renewable Energy, as well as a very large, um, a very large 360-page report uh, written by Greenpeace, New Greenpeace Report Outlines Pathways to 100% Renewable Energy by 2050, as reported by cleantechnica.com. Okay, so Mr. Gang, next time you make these, these blanket denunciations, you really should have documentation, and frankly, you should avoid overly broad statements. Then they go on further, and the people forward together say the following, quote, on abortion, most Americans don't agree with the far left's extreme views on late-term abortion, but they are also alarmed by the far right's quest to make a woman's choice a criminal offense. Now, end quote. The far right wants to make not only abortion a criminal offense, 
they've been quite clear. They also want to make birth control a criminal offense. They are criminalizing pregnancy. Women that have had multiple uh, miscarriages will become criminal suspects. All right? I asked for the far left extreme views on late-term abortions. That's a lie. The only late-term abortions the left is backed are those deemed necessary and only necessary to save the life of the woman, period. Furthermore, there's no such thing as partial birth abortion, which is what the authors of this lame editorial are alluding to. It doesn't exist. That's another lie. Okay? Now, this op-ed goes further, and they talk about some of their suggestions. Now, one suggest there's a few suggestions that Forward Together uh, makes that I agree with, okay? I agree with their suggestion of ranked choice voting, all right? That way you're not throwing your vote away, um, you know, on a non-viable candidate. You can go your first, second, third choice, and so on. And they want to end gerrymandering. I agree with that, too, but I would also say that gerrymandering not only must end, but it has to be punished criminally, okay? They, want, they say that they're for, quote, the nationwide protection of voting rights and a push to make voting remarkably easy for anyone, incredibly secure for everyone, end quote. I agree with that. And then they go on to say, quote, without such systemic changes, Americans will be left with a closed system and fewer options on the ballot. These reforms go hand in hand with a new party, end quote. Okay, and yet... The left, as represented, this is me talking, by the squad and other leftist groups, have pushed for these voting reforms. Where was Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman and his squad during that fight? Where were they for the, you know, for basically for a new Voting Rights Act? Nowhere. Oh, wait, I take that back. Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman, they were busy creating false equivalencies to please the corporate backers, okay? Now, it goes on to say, um, they say further, quote, they are proposing the first open party, quote, Americans of all stripes, Democrats, Republicans, and independents are invited to be a part of the process without abandoning their existing political affiliation by joining us to discuss building an optimistic and inclusive home for the politically homeless majority, end quote. Okay, my response, this idea is engineered to dilute the growth of progressivism and nothing else. The centrism that Yang and Whitman offer is nothing but returning to the old status quo with a few reforms, but it's woefully inadequate to solve the very serious problems we're facing. Furthermore, to suggest we all come together in one party singing Kumbaya when members of the alt-right are screaming Nazi platitudes, they want to murder us, it's not going to work. Okay? So when I talk about this op-ed, all I have to say is this, because it's all done in the name of restoring, quote, civility. Okay? And restoring civility is the battle cry of forward together. Now, the leaders of this ersatz movement celebrating corporatism in a civil fashion, they're merely repeating the mantra of shut up, sit down, go to the back of the bus, which minority communities and women have heard forever. What they call civility is nothing more than unilateral surrender. Civility, in air quotes, is demanded when the perpetrators of injustice not only want to continue the progression of these injustices, but don't want to be bothered with the, you know, 
unpleasant, ugly aftertaste of systemic racism, systemic misogyny, systemic homophobia, systemic transphobia, systemic religious discrimination against non-Christians, and frankly, overall systemic injustice. Centrists like those in Forward Together continually push the false equivalence excuse so they don't upset the bigots in their ranks. But this false equivalence is part of the big lie. Bluntly put, Forward Together is, in my opinion, the 21st century Pontius Pilate movement. Now, let's look at reality and let's look at the Nazis of the GOP. Again, from the Washington Post. Take a little drink here. Apologize, I'm not in good voice today. There was another op-ed written by Dana Melbank, and the title is A Hero of the Trump Right Shows His True Colors. Whites only. Okay, and this is talking about and, and this is talking about Victor Orban and how he has been idolized by conservatives of the GOP. And it starts with this. I'll just read from it. Quote, thank you, Victor Orban, for showing us where the American right is heading. This is Dana Milbank talking. That's obvious sarcasm. Going on with the article, the Hungarian strongman who derailed his country's nascent democracy has been a darling of the MAGA crowd for his anti-immigrant policies. He has enjoyed a fawning interview and favorable broadcast from Budapest by Fox News' Tucker Carlson. And he has been invited as a feature speaker to next week's Conservative Political Action Conference in Texas. Now, this was uh, published July 27, so they're heading into it, apparently. And it goes on to say, alongside a who's who of Republican senators, governors, and members of Congress, as well as former President Donald Trump himself. Now, several such luminaries addressed the CPAC gathering in Hungary in May, at which Trump described Orban as, quote, a great leader, a great gentleman. Okay, end quote. So I'm, this is me talking again. Why in the hell was CPAC holding their meeting in Hungary, of all places? What were they trying to hide? But it goes on here. Um, according to Milbank, Orban gave an address in, on July 23rd, and that is documented in a publication called AboutHungary.hu. And he said, Orban said that immigration should be called, quote, population replacement, population replacement or inundation, end quote. And then Orban went on to talk about his nationalism and how he opposes what he calls, you know, race mixing. We've heard that before, right, from the Ku Klux Klan and from the Nazis under Hitler. But to quote Orban, quote, Migration has split Europe in two, or I could say that it split the West in two. One half is a world where European and non-European um, peoples live together. These countries are no longer nations. They are nothing more than a conglomeration of peoples, end quote. And then Orban went on to say, quote, um, he contrasted that with what he calls, quote, our world, uh, where, quote, we are willing to mix with one another, but we do not want to become peoples of mixed race, end quote, okay? And here's the thing. Orban's remarks were so vile that his longtime advisor, Zuza Hegedus, resigned. Uh, and then she lambasted um, Orban as, as documented in the, in the Guardian newspaper. She called it, quote, a pure Nazi speech worthy of Goebbels. Um, Hegedus also said the speech could, quote, 
please even the most bloodthirsty racist. And then she went on to say that he was, quote, advocating an openly racist policy that is now unacceptable for the Western European, that is now unacceptable even for the Western European extreme right, end quote. But apparently it's not unacceptable to the American alt-right. Now, CPAC's organizer did confirm to Milbank, uh, apparently Wednesday, I guess it was the 26th, that Orban is still going to address the group, okay, to address CPAC. And then we have um, the chairman of the Conservative Political Action Coalition, in other words, the chairman of CPAC, Matt Schlapp, who, according to told Bloomberg News on Tuesday, that we should, quote, listen to the man speak, okay? Now, keep in mind, Matt Schlapp is making excuses for neo-Nazi Victor Orban. Now, as, mu- as I've said before, as much fun as it is to blame everything on Donald Trump, Trump's, the, the Donald's not that efficient. The fact is, Matt Schlapp rose politically, not during Trump, he was in the Trump administration, but Matt Schlapp initially rose during, guess what, the George W. Bush administration. You know, the one where it was um, compassionate Christianity. Yeah, right. So Match left making excuses for Orban. And, you know, Trump's going to appear at CPAC along with Ted Cruz, Rick Scott, Bill Haggerty, Sean Hannity, Greg Abbott, Steve Bannett, and Stephen Miller. Now, last year CPAC did cancel an appearance by a speaker who called Judaism a complete lie, and that was as documented by CNN. But CPAC did allow a Nazi speaker in the conference held in Hungary. Okay? So, again, if you, I would question Mr. Schlapp. If you're so proud of your speakers, then why are you having your conference in Hungary? And, you know, this is, what are you trying to hide, right? So the Guardian reported that the CPAC conference in Budapest um, had a speaker who had previously called Jews, quote, stinking excrement. That same speaker refu- referred to the Roma population as animals, that same speaker used racist epithets for black people, okay? So CPAC issued a statement, and that's as documented by conservative.org, and it said, quote, anti-Semitism and racial intolerance are scourges that must be eradicated, end quote. Okay, so why are you having a Nazi speak then? Why are you endorsing Nazi speakers, Mr. Schlapp? You can't have it both ways, you know? You know, Matt Schlapp reminds me of this whiny brat with a, 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 a poop-filled diaper that's screaming because nobody's going nobody's gonna to basically clean up his dirty asshole. Excuse my language, but that's what it is. You know, in fact, well, I, I won't go into all that. But anyway, um, the program for the Budapest CPAC was documented by www.cpachungry.com. Um, Included live or virtual addresses by Trump Carlson. There were four Republican members of Congress and also uh, Mark Meadows, who's the former Trump chief of staff. Now, here's the thing about the Budapest CPAC, the one they held in Hungary. Many, in fact, most media organizations were banned. Mr. Schlapp, why are you banning the media? What do you have to hide? Apparently plenty. Now, Republicans, according to this article by Dana Milbank, have hailed Orban as, quote, Trump before Trump, 
and that's according to Steve Bannon, and that's just documented by a piece in the New Yorker, who's, uh, and according to Ron Johnson, whose government is doing so many positive things, and that's according to an article by Business Insider. So Senator Ron Johnson thinks that Victor Orban's uh, government's doing so many positive things. Really? Now let's talk about the things, the positive things that, that Victor Orban's government is doing. Because Ron, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin thinks Victor Orban's a good guy, and he was quoted by Business Insider as saying that Orban's government's doing so many positive things. Let's look at the positive things that he's doing. According to the APnews.com, Victor Orban's government is one, and I'm, re, I'm quoting straight from Milbank now, quote, seizing control of the judiciary and media. Two, quote, banning the depiction of homosexuality. Three, quote, demonizing Jewish billionaire George Soros. Four, quote, expelling asylum seekers and erecting a wire fence on the border. Five, quote, forcing out the country's top university. Six, quote, having, having, in other words, dividing in half the size of parliament and redrawing districts to keep itself in power. Those are the good, those are the things that Senator Ron Johnson thinks that Victor Orban is doing that is good. Again, Senator Ron Johnson was quoted by Business Insider as saying, Victor Orban's government is doing all these good things. Really. You know, we knew that, well, we suspected Ron Johnson was a bigot. Now he just stepped in it. But then again, in my opinion, Senator Ron Johnson is the human equivalent of a hot steaming pile of, you know. I. So apparently Orban's July 23rd speech, um, according to Dana Milbank, quote, was an extended articulation of the great replacement conspiracy theory embraced by Carlson. And that's according to the Washington Post. And embraced also by House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik, among others. Again, according to the Washington Post. Okay? So, again, and this, his speech was the, the idea that non-white people are plotting to kill white people. Okay, this is the craziness. This great replacement theory, according to Milbank, is, quote, is based on the idea, quote, that non-white people are plotting to wipe out white people, end quote. And this is straight from Orban's speech. This is what Orban claimed, quote, according to Victor Orban, quote, Brussels reinforced with Soros-affiliated troops simply wants to force migrants on us, okay? Uh, end quote. And then Orban railed against this whole mixed-race world thing where, quote, European peoples are mixed together with those arriving from outside Europe, end quote. He, Orban also warned that his, what he called Islamic civilization is, quote, constantly moving toward Europe and is now, quote, occupying and flooding the West. Orban went on to say, quote, this is why we stopped the Turks at Vienna. This is why, in still older times, the French stopped the Arabs at Poitiers. Um, and again, what he's referring to the first time the Turks of Vienna is citing a battle that occurred in 1683 between a European alliance and the Ottoman Empire, and the battle of, um, and that they reference the Battle of Tours, which occurred in the year 732. Okay, so he's going way, way back. And, you know, 
I'm going to read the last couple of lines of Dana Milbank's editorial because it's really good. He said, quote, it was good of Orban to spell that out because now we know what Hungary's white nationalists and their American fanboys at CPAC have in mind when they rage against immigration and the Great Replacement. They want to take us back to the Dark Ages, end quote. So this is what we're dealing with, and what is Andrew Yang and his idiots telling us that we should all get together, forward together, and sing Kumbaya? That's insane. So let's, it gets deeper, though. Now we have a full frontal demonstration of neo-Nazism in the GOP candidate for Pennsylvania governor, Doug Mastriano. Okay? Now, this is, an art, this is from an article, there's several actually, um, and this article was from the Jerusalem Post. So, you know, I know there are Jewish conservatives, they're usually in the Orthodox community, and I really wish they would wake up. Because the GOP, they're smiling to your face, but they just want to throw us in ovens again, dude. You need to wake up and really see what's going on. So this article was written by Sivi Joffrey. The headline is Jews, non-Christians are part, I'm sorry, the headline is Jews, non-Christians, not part of conservative movement, GOP candidate consultant. And it goes on to say both Republicans and Democrats have called on Mastriano to withdraw. Apparently, Mastriano had a TV ad, I mean, had an ad campaign with the Gab social media platform. Now, Gab is where all the racists and neo-Nazis went after they were kicked off of Twitter, after they were kicked, some were kicked off of Facebook. This was published July 26th. And basically what it's saying is according to these conservatives, including especially Andrew Torba. This is where the quotes are coming from. Andrew Torba is the CEO of Gab. He's also allegedly a consultant for State Senator Doug Mastriano, who is now the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Pennsylvania. Okay? And uh, Torba has come out and said that Jews and other non-Christians are not conservatives that the conservative movement is, explicit, is, quote, an explicitly Christian movement. And he goes on to say that the U.S. is, quote, an explicitly Christian country. It's from Andrew Torba, the CEO of GAB. Now, um, I'm not a conservative, and I'm a Jew, and I'm proud that I am a Jew, and I'm proud that I'm not a conservative. Okay? But apparently Mestriano has paid Torba and... He also spent $5,000 on advertising on Gab. And this campaign consulting from Torba is, is, you know, is really concerning because, you know, Mastriano has his own bad reputation, but then when you hire somebody who, like Torba, is explicitly racist and anti-Semitic, not just anti-Semitic, Torba hates anyone who's not a Christian. So this applies not only to Jews, but Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, atheists, etc. Whatever, okay? Um, and Torba went on to say this, quote, this is the most important election of the 2022 midterms because Doug is an outspoken Christian, okay, end quote. And that was his response um, when reports came out condemning Gab and Mastriano's decision to buy advertising on Gab. Torba goes on to say, quote, we are going to build a coalition of Christian nationalists, of Christians, of Christian candidates at the state, local, and federal levels, and we're going to take this country back for the glory of God, 
end quote. Torba goes on to say, quote, my policy is not to conduct interviews with reporters who aren't Christian or with outlets who aren't Christian. And Doug has a very similar media strategy where he does not do interviews with these people. He does not talk to these people. He does not get press access to these people. These people are dishonest. They're liars. They're identifiers, vipers, and they want to destroy you. My typical conversation with them when they email me is, Repent and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Savior, I take it as an opportunity to try and convert them, end quote. Now, all that I just read, that's Torba's quote, not mine, okay? Bottom line is I've heard this crap before. You know, I have especially former friends that suddenly became born again. And, again, the, the line is if you refuse to become Christian, you must have chosen Satan. Well, first of all, Jews don't believe in Satan, okay? And forcing your way on it, that, that's, there's nothing Christian about that, all right? I come from a long line of clergy, both Jewish and, ironically, Christian clergy. This is not what Mr. Torben's talking about. That's not Christianity. Jesus never preached hate. He just didn't. In fact, Jesus' message, why would Jews hate him? Jesus' message came straight from Jewish theology straight from Torah. Okay, but again, a lot of white Christians don't understand. And this is what this is really about. These people aren't talking about Christianity. They're talking about this is the Christianity of white Jesus. You know, the one who looks like he's a, a version of Brad Pitt in his younger days. Okay, first of all, Mr. Torba, I hate to tell you this, but there's no way that Jesus was a white man. Impossible. Okay. He did not have silky, blondish hair, blue eyes, and pale skin. That was an invention to please the people of Western Europe, period. Jesus probably looked more like Colin Kaepernick. But once again, and then you can believe what you like, but when you call out a specific group that are non-Christian as liars and that they want to destroy you, this is inciting people to violence. This is slander. This is libel and it's defamation. And instead of the anti-defamation league just calling them up, I wish that some of these groups would sue people like Mr. Torba. Because, again, he's inciting, this, the, he's inciting brown shirt thugs. This is what Hitler did. It is almost identical. Now, to make matters worse, Mastriano's uh, Democratic opponent, is Josh Shapiro, who happens to be Jewish. And, of course, Torba called Josh Shapiro a, quote, Soros puppet. Now, there's a lot of Jews that falsely believe that they are accepted by their neighbors who believe in white Jesus. Sweetie, you're not. That's not it at all. Okay? When they talk about Bolshevism, when they talk about Soros, those are dog whistle cues. They're anti-Semitic. Read the pews. Okay. Torba also said that Mastriano, quote, answers only to Jesus Christ. Torba went on to say this is a Christian movement, full stop. He's going to turn the state around for the glory of God. This is Torba speaking. Again, Torba goes on to say that is the mission here, folks. We can't have this populism, Inc., or this pseudo-conservatism. What exactly have conservatives conserved? This isn't a big tent. This is a Christian movement, full stop, end quote. Okay? 
Torba goes on to say, quote, the only way that we're going to win, the only way we're going to gain any ground in the culture, the government, in taking our towns, our cities, our states, our counties, and our country back is by putting Jesus Christ first. It's just that simple. There's no other way, end quote. And that's according to J-Post. Now, you have to understand something. They can believe religiously whatever they like. I don't care. But what they're alluding to is calling out anyone who's non-Christian as not only an enemy, but as somebody who wants to kill them. You know, this goes hand in hand with that old anti-Semitic trope that, you know, some of them have said crazy things like Jews drink the, you know, kill Jewish baby, kill Christian babies and drink their blood. That that was the old blood, the old blood um, slander from Europe. Okay, and it, it's it's what triggered genocide in Europe multiple times against Jews and Muslims. Okay, um, so you know, once again, this is you know, this is what's happening here. And, you know, Torba makes several other responses. One quote is, quote, we don't want people who are atheists. We don't want people who are Jewish. We don't want people who are, you know, non-believers, agnostic, whatever. This is an explicitly Christian movement because it's an explicitly Christian country, end quote. And my screen froze again. Doggone it. Give me a minute, folks. I don't know why it's doing this. So I've got a lot more stuff to cover. So give me a second here. I, I think I should have music in between or something. Go, dun, 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 dun. But, you know, I'm not that good with text. So let me try this again. So this is the anti-Semitic neo-Nazi stuff being pushed in Mastriano's campaign. It's not even subtle at all. And it should frighten you. In fact, this is hate speech, what they're saying. And, you know, you hear Christians talk about how, you know, they've been so persecuted. How? I'd like to know why. What they're calling persecution is just not allowing them to dictate to other people. That's all. You know, and this is something that, you know, when we hear Marjorie Taylor Greene pushing this idea, this agenda, you know, once again, this is hate speech. You know, and when they push white Jesus, that means Christians of color do not count to them. They just don't. This, is, this gives them license to do whatever they want to do. And it is truly dangerous. Make no mistake about it. Doug Mastriano, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he's a veteran. He was an officer. As far as I'm concerned, he is a disgrace to the uniform. You know, I wish the military, because he's retired, I wish the military would look at what he's doing now and strip him of his commission. They need to. They need to. So i got to wait a minute here, because otherwise this thing is going to freeze again. Oh, Lord have mercy. I can't take the Lord's name in vain, okay, because I'm just a lowly Jew. Don't you know that? All right, I'm being sarcastic. But this is truly scary, you know. And Donald Trump helped make this open Nazism socially acceptable. 
you know, and these Republicans like Matt Schlapp are also doing it. Make no mistake about it. There's no, there's no guesswork here. This is real. And, you know, a lot of wealthier Jews, they think they're safe, you know. Ben Shapiro is a mouthpiece for the conservative right. He thinks he's safe. He's wrong, okay? It doesn't matter when they decide to. These people, well, you saw on, on January 6th was a prelude. Make no mistake about it. That's why Trump and all his lieutenants have to be criminally indicted, prosecuted, convicted, and incarcerated. And when they're, when they're prosecuted, it needs to be a jury trial, not a judge. Now, the Pennsylvania Capitol Star also did a piece on Mastriano about how he's courting voters on Gab. Um, you know, once again, we know what Gab is. Gab is the neo-Nazi channel, okay? Make no mistake about it, okay? Um, Libby Hemphill, who is, according to this article, is a University of Michigan professor studying political communication social media, um, said that Gab really did emerge as, quote, a refuge for hate speech after mainstream platforms, including Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter, took steps to moderate and remove racist and bigoted content, end quote. Hemphill is quoted as saying, quote, when a mainstream politician says, I want to reach hate groups where they meet, that's scary to us, end quote. Another professor at the University of Pittsburgh, Laura Putnam, tracked disinformation on social media, and she spoke about how hate speech and conspiracy theories that are, you know, pushed on Gab and other sites really do help serve as a breeding ground for political extremism and eventual violence. And, you know, you know, this is what it is. Um, Putnam is also, Professor Putnam is also a member of the Tree of Life Synagogue uh, congregation, you know, this congregation that was attacked. And she said, quote, pushing back requires all political figures in all of the mainstream parties to say that is beyond the pale. We have not yet heard that from Doug Mastriano, end quote. And you're not going to, okay? According to this article, Mastriano didn't respond to messages, messages that were left on his cell phone or with his campaign. You know, again, Gab founder Andrew Torboff responded. Um, there was a 40-minute video where Torboff said Christian nationalists would build a coalition of candidates at all levels. Torboff said, quote, Mastriano is our guy, and this is Pennsylvania's guy, and he's going to turn the state around for the glory of God, and that is the mission here, folks. And Torba just said not, just dismissed. Um, Torba also dismissed right-wing activists who are gay and Jewish. Okay, to quote Torba, said they don't share our values. They have inverted values for us as Christians, so don't fall for the bait. End quote. So that means people like Ben Shapiro need to wake up. They're coming for you. Wake up, folks. Now, Mastriano has in the past spoken about what he calls the marginalization of Christians. There was a Charter Day event at the state capitol that month, and Mastriano compared himself to William Penn, who was a Quaker. Now, keep in mind, the Quakers are, are peace-loving, all right? Not like this, but Mastriano compared himself to William Penn. Mastriano said, quote, he was mocked in the media, ridiculed, castigated, as we're seeing today. The religious freedoms that we've enjoyed over the past several centuries 
Here have been an anomaly in American and world history, and we're seeing that being swept away where the media think it's okay to attack Christians for their faith and mock us, castigate us, call us names, end quote. My response, Mr. Mastriano, is exactly where are Christians being persecuted in this country? Because I don't see it. All right? Speaking as somebody who has been religiously closeted as a child for my own safety, make no mistake about it, that it, that's just a pile, steaming pile of lies coming from the mouth of Doug Mastriano. Keep in mind, the gunman who attacked the Tree of Life synagogue wrote on Gab about replacement theory. Okay? Now, Professor Putnam went, on to, Putnam went on to say, quote, the false claims about immigration mixed with the false claims about Jews have been a really potent false narrative that has been part of the political ecosystem for the last six years, end quote. Um, and she went on to say that while, you know, conservatives have a right to be conservative, they also have a responsibility to walk away from destructive conspiracy theories. Okay. Um, she goes on to say, quote, Doug Mastriano could be an important conservative voice by distancing himself from these conspiracy theories. He has chosen, he has not chosen to distance himself from Gab. He's doing the opposite right now, end quote. Jennifer Stromer Galley is a professor of communications at Syracuse University. Um, she studies online political communication, and she said that politicians who use platforms like Gab claim that they value free speech and freedom from censorship. Um, but she went on to say, quote, we just go to these tech platforms because they make themselves available as a marketplace of ideas. Um, but she goes on to say also, when these social, quote, when these social media platforms become the public sphere, what role should they pl be playing in monitoring and moder moderating our out-hate speech? Uh, end quote. And you have to remember, what they're really saying is, Politicians like Mastriano go to Gab for the obvious, okay? He is inciting these people to violence. He's fine with it. You know, if you remain silent about what can only be called Nazism, that means you're a Nazi, period. You're just fine with other people doing your dirty work for you, okay? Um, and I, I am really terrified of what could happen in Pennsylvania, seriously. Okay. Now, it goes further, and again, all this, compare this to the vapid editorial that Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman pushed, okay, where we're all supposed to just get along magically. You don't get along with people that have sworn to kill you. It doesn't work that way. So there's another article here. This, it just goes from bad to worse, Okay. This is from Vice News, okay? And this is truly frightening. Uh, it's Vice News. The article is written by Mac Lamaroux. Um, it was published July 27th, a couple days ago. The headline is, New York cop bought rifle for neo-Nazi rape Krieg Marine who planned synagogue attack, feds. Um, the former Marine is also alleged to have written a neo-Nazi group's plans to sexually assault white women to create more white children. So, you know, if you're a white woman and you happen to be bigoted, um, Chica, they're coming for you, okay? So 
So this guy was a former Marine, which is truly frightening. And he is accused of being in this neo-Nazi group called Rape Creeps, spelled R-A-P-E-K-R-I-E-G. He planned to attack a synagogue, and he successfully had a New York police officer purchase an assault rifle for him. And that's according to allegations from federal prosecutors. Now, this guy is facing several firearms charges. His, he is a former U.S. Marine. His name is Matthew Bellinger, and he was preparing an attack on a synagogue. And he was going to train his neo-Nazi comrades with the skills he learned in the U.S. Marines. He also wrote a, what they call a screed, which is, was pushing both racial and sexual violence. Now, Bellinger's, according to this, Bellinger's alleged neo-Nazi ties, I'm going to read straight from the, from the Vice article, quote, Bellinger's alleged neo-Nazi ties came out in a July 14th memo responding to his request to be released from detention to his family home while awaiting trial, end quote. Now, the court memo uh, was first reported on by Rolling Stone, um, and it was filed by prosecutors. And the prosecutors, the federal prosecutor said that Bellinger could pose a danger to the community, and they said he should not be released from custody. Now, so far, the judge hasn't ruled whether or not this maniac will be released. Now, Rafe Creed members spoke to authorities, and they said that Bellinger, um, during his, when Bellinger was in the Marines, he wrote Rafe Creed's manifesto. Okay, and the court document contains several excerpts from the Rape Creed Manifesto. Um, and this writing described rape as, quote, an extremely effective tool against our many foes, end quote. And the court document goes on to say that this group also endorses, quote, the rape of white women to increase the production of white children in furtherance of Rape Creed's goal of creating a white ethnostate through accelerationist means, end quote. Now, there's another section of this manifesto that talks about the necessity of killing Jewish children and urges members to prepare themselves to do this. I'm going to say this again. There's another section of Bellinger's Rape Creek Manifesto that, quote, talks about the necessity of killing Jewish children and wants members to prepare themselves to murder Jewish children. The memo goes on to state that Rape Creek, quote, has, quote, overlapping beliefs and membership with Adam Waffen Division and Rape Waffen, other neo-Nazi accelerationist groups, as documented by Vice.com. Now, these groups are all parts of an international network of online, organized, modern neo-Nazis focused on militant, what's called militant accelerationism, quote, which hopes to hasten the fall of modern society. And you think, well, why would they want to do that? That doesn't make sense. These nut jobs, these evil, evil people, want to turn the clock back they're fine with having technological, you know, inventions. But socially, they want to turn the clock back so that all women of any race or religion have no rights. You know, 
when you're talking about, um, you know, The Handmaid's Tale, that's it. And white women, you know, they might kill the rest of us, but white Christian women will be raped over and over and over again to produce plenty of white babies. And, you know, in my opinion, this ties in with the whole Second Amendment crap, too, because keep in mind, if a large, if these people thought a large number of minorities were arming themselves, they would be screaming against the Second Amendment. They want gun rights for themselves so that they can terrorize the rest of us. They don't want gun rights for people of color, non-Christians, women, and so on. They want their gun rights so that they can terrorize and murder at will. They said it in their manifestos. It's not just my opinion. And as for the fall of modern society, the role of Christian accelerationism is to go back to the traditions of the Dark Ages socially, where white Christian men are at, have all the rights, no one else does. And they can rape any woman, white woman, that is, they want to produce as many babies as they want. And everyone else is either dead or a slave. But they have modern conveniences. You know, they'll still keep their cars and things like that. They're not going to be farmers, okay? They just want to steal, steal and murder and pillage. That's it. This is the 21st century version of Hitler's dream. Make no mistake about it. And people like Ben Shapiro are absolutely fools. They're using him, and then they're going to dump him. Make no mistake about it. Okay? Now, there are several neo-Nazis in this network that are already serving prison sentences for quite a few crimes, including murder, according to this article. Um, And rape creep, like many other components of the neo-Nazi system, they operate, um, there was an inside source, okay, so about this particular story. So Bellinger, in May of 2021, Bellinger was discharged. Um, I I guess it was a dishonorable discharge. He was discharged from the military for what they call misconduct stemming from his affiliation with neo Nazis. I don't know if it was dishonorable discharge or not, but that's what the article said. He was also, quote, he was arrested and charged in June of this year and is facing three charges stemming uh, from multiple fraudulent firearm purchases wherein someone illegally purchased a firearm for another person, end quote. Um, now, again, these illegal purchases came for, him, for this neo-Nazi came with the help of an unnamed New York police officer. We need to know who that New York officer was because that New York police officer needs to be doxxed, outed, and he needs to face charges as well. Um, Bellinger is originally, and documents according to this don't indicate if the officer's been charged. I'm assuming the officer has not been charged, but because if he had been charged, he would be named as well, and that hasn't happened yet. Uh, the, uh, Bellinger is originally from New York, but he was stationed with the Marines in Hawaii when the, at the time of the purchases. The officer purchased firearms allegedly for him twice, um, and that constituted the first time, uh, apparently was in 2019, and that was for what they call a PTR-308 assault rifle, okay? And the officer bought it, uh, and apparently Bellinger paid for it via Cash App. Then in April 2020, Bellinger had the officer buy him a second firearm, and this one was a Luger. Now, a Luger is a handgun that is 
not only associated with Nazis, is symbolic of Nazis. Okay? Um, so, you know, once again, um, this is what's going on here. Okay? And there's more to it than that. Apparently, um, you know, Bellinger's really a nut job, too, because, you know, he discussed attacking a synagogue, um, and they had apparently, according to the documents, they surveyed the synagogue to see if it had security cameras. The memo in evidence also said that Bellinger, you know, as part of this rape creek group, he showed up at this unnamed person's home, and here it is, quote, wearing tactical equipment, including camouflage, body armor, and bulletproof headgear, um, end quote. And then apparently he had two neo-Nazis in military-style training. Um, no, he led two Nazis in military-style training. So, you know, basically he showed up at this person's house all decked out in battle gear. You know, hopefully that person called the police, but, you know, the police can't be trusted either because there's a lot of Nazis in the police. You know, again, it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we talked about, you know, what the news article in, the article in Newsweek, which showed how Republicans in the U.S. Senate refused to um, pass a bill that would demand our military and our police departments nationwide would track and, and investigate white supremacists, Christian nationalists, and neo-Nazis. Okay? If they're, you know, and again, they, GOP voted against it. You know, including here in Missouri, Josh Hawley and uh, Roy Blunt. You know, if you're not a Nazi, why do you have an objection to basically fight, you know, finding them in our military and police and kicking them out. And it's ironic, too, because Roy Blunt's second wife is Jewish. Okay? Um, so anyway, they searched, the prosecution searched Bellinger's computer. There were almost 2,000, quote, images, videos, and documents related to, quote, white power groups, Nazi literature, brutality towards the Jewish community, brutality towards women, rape, previous mass murderers such as Dylan Roof, firearms, body armor, instructional documents on how to build explosives and or illegal firearms, violent uncensored executions and or rape, and other disturbing content, end quote. Once again, this is really hideous. This is what we're dealing with. Um, there's another piece here. Again, I go back to the vapid editorial for Forward Together written by Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman. Do they really believe that we can all come together peaceably so in, with civility? No. Not with people that want to murder you. Good Lord. I don't know what kind of demented, delusional world Yang and Whitman live in, but good God. I guess I should stop saying good God because these Christian nationalists will think that I'm taking the Lord's name in vain and then they'll want to kill me too. Nah, they probably already want to kill me because I'm a Jew and I have a mouth. That's a very dark humor, I realize. There's another article from Rolling Stone, July 26, four days ago. And it was written by Kate Booth up. And the headline is, 
Quote, why won't Florida Governor Ron DeSantis denounce his neo-Nazi supporters? Okay. And the subtitle is, quote, Senator Rick Scott was the only featured speaker at Turning Point USA's conference who openly condemned the display of swastikas and other Nazi imagery by a group of pro-DeSantis protesters. So when you heard the kerfluffle about the ladies on The View, especially Whoopi Goldberg, calling out the Nazis at Turning Point. And Charlie Kirk, who is the founder of Turning Point, had a hissy fit and threatened legal action against The View. I wish that they had let him do it, okay? And, you know, Whoopi basically said, look, if you're, you knew who was there, and if you're remaining silent, you're, you know, you're part of the problem. You're complicit. And I agree with Whoopi, okay? Now, and again, that's my opinion. Um, but Charlie Kirk had a hissy fit. And, you know, it's very ironic because these ultra-conservatives, they want to do racist, nasty things, but they don't, want, they don't want to be called names. You know, this is, you know, when you talk about white Christian fragility, there it is. So um, this was, you know, again, um, especially local Jewish leaders as well as some Florida politicians, not all of them, according to Rolling Stone, they were demanding that DeSantis condemn the neo-Nazis who were, you know, standing outside the Tampa Convention Center. They were passing, these, these Nazis were passing on anti-Semitic propaganda. They displayed the swastika in flags, and the flags also read DeSantis country. Now, this was outside um, the Turning Point USA with their Student Action Summit. Now, DeSantis did address the conference, but again, he didn't call out the Nazis. So Nikki Freed, you know, said during um, a press conference, now, Nikki Freed, let me, let me back up a little bit. Nikki Freed is the Florida Agriculture Commissioner and a gubernatorial candidate. Nikki Freed's also Jewish. And Nikki Freed said the following, quote, we may disagree on policies, but if we as leaders don't denounce neo-Nazis and white supremacists in our state, in our country, what are we doing here? I am asking you, Ron DeSantis, to just denounce the Nazis that were here, here to celebrate your speech inside this convention center. They were holding your pictures yesterday, end quote. Now, there were other high-profile attendees at this Student Action Summit, including Donald Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, the moron known as Lauren Boebert, uh, the alleged pedophile Matt Gates, and so on and so forth. And they've all been silent about this. Now, Florida State Senator Janet Cruz wrote on Twitter, quote, I'll be damned if Nazis and Proud Boys waltz through our city and spew such repulsive speech, words of power, and we will not accept this in our backyard. All of us must stand up and make clear that we reject this bigoted display. Senator Rick Scott was the only featured speaker that openly condemned the Nazi presence outside of the convention. Um, And I'm not a fan of Rick Scott at all. But he tweeted, quote, this is a disgusting act of hateful anti-Semitism and doesn't belong in Florida, our nation, or anywhere across the world. We stand with our Jewish community against this hate. It must end, end quote. Okay? Um, Now, we have a nut job named Jack Posobiec. 
Now, he's an alt-right conspiracy theorist, and he made this really bizarre claim that these Nazis were actually leftists. Quote, to, uh, what he wrote on Twitter was, quote, there are now actual neo-Nazis outside of Turning Point protesting the event. Got a little closer, and yup, they are definitely leftists, end quote. Now, did he have any proof? No. How can you look at someone and tell they're a leftist? I'd like to know. I mean, is there like the word L on top of their forehead? What? To me, Mr. Posobiec, it sounded like hmm, he looked at him, you know, and he just, he wanted to reverse the blame, okay? Now, Mr. Posobiec, he can be a conspiracy theorist all he likes, but he needs to understand something. When you, tell, when you push something as the truth and you know it's a lie, and you put it in writing, that's libel. I wish somebody would, would sue some of these little bastards. Use my language, they would. Now, the Florida Holocaust Museum chairman, Mike Ego, also had something to say. Quote, carrying the Nazi flag or that of the SS, the unit responsible for some of the worst atrocities of the Holocaust, is an indefensible act of pure hatred. This isn't about politics or religion. It's about humanity, end quote. Okay? Now, According to Tampa-based media outlet Creative Loafing, the flyers that were handed out by the group, they allegedly were published by what they call the Goyim Defense League. Uh, now, those of you who don't understand, Goy or Goyim is a Yiddish term for basically Christians, okay? Um, it's a stupid term, but it's hardly anything horrible either but they're throwing in their face. Now, the Anti-Defamation League describes the Goyim Defense League as, quote, a small network of virulently anti-Semitic provocateurs led by John Minadeo II of Petaluma, California, known for spreading anti-Semitic myths and conspiracy theories through social media and highly coordinated public stunts, end quote. Now, Turning Point USA spokesman Andrew Colditt did issue a statement. The turning point said through COVID, quote, that the group, quote, condemns those ideologies in the strongest of terms, end quote. But COVID went on to say there wasn't much they could do to remove the protesters. COVID went on to say, quote, since these individuals were located on public property, our security attempted to, but was not permitted to remove them. They have nothing to do with TPUSA, our event, or our students, end quote. All right. You know, COVID statement and the idea and Charlie Kirk's statement that Turning Point USA isn't racist, isn't anti-Semitic, doesn't welcome neo-Nazis. You know, it's like the argument of claiming you're a little bit pregnant, okay? This doesn't work. Eventually, the truth will be found out. Okay, so there was another story about the same Turning Point USA um, convention, and um, this was on the bulwark. And the headline is the bullhorn and the dog whistle, the extremist inside and outside, the Turning Point USA Convention by Thomas Lecoq. And that was published on the 28th. Okay, so again, they talk about the neo-Nazis outside the convention center. Keep in mind, they were supporting Ron DeSantis. Now, if DeSantis had any decency at all, he would have called them out. But DeSantis, in my opinion, is only interested in anything that will put him ahead, and he doesn't give a damn about anyone else. Okay? So these people, they, you know, they, they, these Nazis, they were so 
they were cowards, though. They obscured their faces using dark sunglasses and white neck gaiters. The gaiters and the red shirts said NSF, and the S was written as Nazi SS lightning bolts. They carried the Nazi swastika flag, um, and then they had signs that said, Free the J6 political prisoners. Sweetie, the insurrectionists of January 6th committed crimes. Get over it. You know, once again, they also carried flags that read DeSantis country, as I said before. Did DeSantis call them out? Of course not. Okay. Now, there's another piece here Tim, by Tim Miller, The, po- the Politics of Petulance. Uh, it was posted July 29th. You know, again, it's the same stuff. This talks about how the view suggested that Turning Point was affiliated with the neo-Nazis. Whoopi Goldberg was quoted as saying, quote, you let them in and you knew what they were, so you are complicit, end quote. And the show was forced to apologize uh, as documented by The Hill. Now, this piece, though, goes further. Now, I'm just going to read straight from it, from Tim Miller's Politics and Petulance. So Miller writes the following, oh, quote, so before going further, let's stipulate that TPUSA has no affiliation with the neo-Nazis who were outside their convention, um, end quote. And it goes, to, it goes on to say, it is safe to assume that most of the reported 5,000 students who attended the TPUSA convention by Nazi symbols and rhetoric abhorrent, indeed, some, whoops, I'm sorry, indeed, some TPUSA participants apparently argued with the neo-Nazis as documented by on Twitter. Let's further stipulate that to assume, I'm just reading from the article, let's further stipulate that to assume that any organization shares the views of whatever protesters parasitically glom onto in its events is to engage in a lazy smear. But, and yet, inside the convention hall, TPUSA hosted plenty of speakers whose far-right views and disdain for the American political mainstream troublingly, troublingly Troubling, oh boy, I can't say that word. Overlap with the odious views of the swastika waivers outside the hall. End quote. So let's talk about the speakers with Nazi beliefs that were welcomed at Turning Point USA. Okay, so on the one hand, the people attending Turning Point USA said they hated Nazism, but let's look at the speakers they that Turning Point that it's Charlie Charlie um, that that. Oh, God, I'm having a brain fart right now. Let's look at the speakers that Turning Point USA invited. The first one was Eduardo Bolsonaro. His father is Jair Bolsonaro, the far-right president of Brazil. And the Bolsonaro uh, regime is quite fascist, as documented by foreignpolicy.com. The younger Bolsonaro has also threatened to, you know, quote, crack down on his political opponents, in the way Brazil's former military dictatorship did, end quote. Uh, the younger Bolsonaro is reported, quote, the South American liaison for Steve Bannon's far-right, the movement organization. Again, it's documented by Bloomberg. That's number one. Number two, you have Matt Gates, who is still under investigation for child trafficking, according to Business Insider. Gates took to the Turning Point USA stage. He spouted an anti, quote, an anti-George Soros conspiracy theory, which is a common trope of anti-Semitic and white supremacist rhetoric, as documented by Twitter and the Anti-Defamation League. And then Gates also uh, made nasty remarks about Black Lives Matter, and then he made those ignorant remarks, um, you know, about women that are fighting for reproductive rights. And he quotes says, why is it that the women 
with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions, end quote. So basically all Matt Gates had to say was, you ugly, you fat and ugly. And I guess my question is this, has Gates looked in the mirror? You know, if, um, oh God, what was it? If Beavis and Butthead had a son, it would probably be Matt Gates. Look at, I mean, people in glass houses should not throw stones. Speaker number three was Lauren Bobert. She railed on about the collapse. She railed on um, about basically how she wants the separation of church and state to end. She's prayed for the death of the President Joe Biden. Um, you know, and she spoke about Christian nationalism. Now, you want to be Christian, be Christian. I don't care. But you don't have a right to force your way on anyone else. And Bobert went on to say, quote, um, there is an identity, I'm going to use her accent, I'm going to try and imitate her, quote, there is an identity crisis in America today that the only place you're going to find that identity is in Christ, and we are in a battle for the battle of our nation, end quote. Okay, this little troglodyte, this skinny little troglodyte can't even form two sentences that make sense. And she is a U.S. rep. But then she was followed by Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, the woman that believes in Jewish space lasers, okay? And she called herself a Christian nationalist. Okay, my response is, little Margie, I wish I had space lasers in my eyeballs so I could aim them at your nasty, skanky little ass. I mean, the woman is horrible. And then, of course, speaker number five was Donald Trump. Now, before people say Trump's not anti-Semitic, his daughter converted to Judaism, his, her, her kids are Jewish, newsflash. <laughs> Let me explain something to you about Judaism. Ivanka only converted because that's the only way Kushner would marry her, period. And the rabbi that did her conversion is notorious for doing those type of, I'll use Trump's word, fake conversions. See, in Judaism, they will turn you down as a convert if your only reason for converting was to finish a business deal, and that's exactly what Ivanka did. Okay? I have a classmate and a friend, and his wife was born Christian, and then she decided to become Jewish. That was after they were married. And she frets about it, and she is just as Jewish as anybody born into it. But Ivanka is a fraud. Okay? And so, of course, Trump is anti-Semitic. Of course, he's racist. Get real. Okay? So, basically, this writer, you know, talked about the speakers on Turning Point, and there's this one line that is absolutely perfect. It synopsizes what they did at their convention. Quote, a bullhorn on the sidewalk, a dog whistle on the stage, that's exactly what it was. You know, so, you know, Charlie Kirk loves to, you know, pretend that he's just so open and that, that white Christians are constantly being attacked. This is why they don't want to teach the full truth about history. You know, their critical race theory isn't critical race theory. They're trying to teach the full truth about history. I'm 62. When I was in elementary school in the 60s, my father did not have a college education, and he wanted to go into the skilled trades. But the problem was 
the unions at the time would not, and you had to be a union member to get into these places, the unions would not accept the two major minority groups in the country at the time, blacks and Jews, period. Don't tell me about how white Christians are being persecuted, because that's just not the truth. You know, I remember when high holidays came up, my mother just called the school and said, we came down with the flu. Because, again, we didn't know who was a hater. You know, the Second Vatican Declaration had come down in the 60s, but there were still lots of Catholics that didn't accept it. And that was the declaration that said, no, the Jews did not kill Christ. The Romans did, because that's the truth. The Jews were a captive people. But that was the excuse for thousands of years of persecution. And in Protestant faith, there is no equivalent. There just isn't. So this slander keeps going on and on and on. And what is Turning Point about? They have a professor watch list and a school board watch list to target and harass people that don't, don't basically say what these conservative bigots want them to say. Their rallies give a platform to figures that either hint at or scream at the top of their lungs racist and religiously bigoted and misogynistic tropes. Okay. So, you know, Charlie Kirk is full of crap. You know, I know I'm kind of casual, but this really, you know, I'm tired of it, okay? This is, it is what it is, okay? And the man who wrote the article for the uh, Bulwark is Thomas LeCock. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. He is an associate professor of history at Grandview University. Okay, so again, compare this. Compare this hate that's generated by coming from conservatives to what Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman and their forward together wants us to do. Asinine. Then there's one more thing here. God, just when you think it couldn't get worse, right? Apparently, this was a piece in, let's see Oh, this was from an article in People, hardly a bastion of liberal thought. And this was also, I first heard about this particular story um, from, um, oh, God, Dr. Rashad Ritchie on his show, Indisputable. And the headline is, white driver allegedly posted video of himself trying to strike black children with car using racial slurs. His name is Mark Hall. Mark Hall was arrested this past Tuesday and charged with nine counts of simple assault. Okay. This happened in Mississippi. Now, the headline for people starts with the line, quote, authorities in Mississippi are considering hate crime charges against a 49-year-old man who police believe posted a video, I'm reading from the article, posted a video online in which he threatens to run down black children with his vehicle as he drives down a Ripley Street. Um, and that's according to Ripley Police Chief Scott White, uh, and he did try to run them down. I saw the video. Why are the authorities in Mississippi merely considering hate crime charges? He, this man was so stupid, he posted the video to Snapchat, and then somebody recorded it and shared it on base, Facebook, where he, you, you know, basically in the video, he's heard saying as he tries to run down these black children, quote, all hell, 50 points. And then he uses a racial slur. 
Where is there any confusion as to whether this is a hate crime or not? It's obviously a hate crime. Now, this happened on Monday at 3 p.m. Mississippi. Now, this, you know, there was a video. Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit here. You think, okay, the authorities did what they were supposed to do. Hall's being held on $45,000 bond. Okay, let me, my, my thing froze again. Good, all right. Give me a second here, folks. It's dun, 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 dun. I'm so tired of this. I don't know why it keeps freezing, but it does. Come on now. I probably just need a new laptop. So I don't understand why the prosecutors in Mississippi aren't sure if this is a hate crime or not. The man tried to run black children over with his car, period. He yelled a racial epithet. He made a joke about, ah, oh, hell, 50 points, like it was a, you know, a game. Okay. He, he showed no consideration for the human lives of these black children. Where's the confusion, Mr. Prosecutor? I don't see it. But apparently... They're not sure. Of course, it's Mississippi. You know, I think Missouri would be kind of the same way, truth be told. And this is, it's nonsense. Okay? These people are getting really open about it because Donald Trump is encouraging them. They really believe that Trump is going to get back and if Trump gets back, he's going to give them pardons. Okay? There's no guesswork here. Pretty obvious. I'm, I'm scrolling back now because I've got a lot of information here. And I'm sorry, it takes a few minutes. Okay, so, you know, there's more to this story than that, okay? Um, keep in mind this report came from a centrist and usually shallow publication, People Magazine. Now, when I saw Dr. Rashad Ritchie on Indisputable talk about it, Rashad Ritchie also reported what the mainstream press omitted, namely that the local police initially refused to press charges against Mr. Hall, but they did so only after the parents made demands and blew the whistle. Now, this is the kind of thing that Trumpism and the GOP have and made comfortable being open in public, and it was always there. Make no mistake about it. It's just gone from dog whistles to bullhorn. Type of very real threat to minorities is why the false equivalence argument pushed by Yang and Forward Together is so not only insulting, but so very stupid. Okay? So in conclusion, Andrew Yang, Christine Todd Whitman, and others have pushed yet another centrist talking point, namely that of a false equivalence between liberals, minorities, versus the alt-right of Trumpism, and all this in order to justify a return to a former status quo, which they herald as the, quote, civility of centrism. Let me make this clear. Centrism, with all of its alleged civility, is merely another form of shut up and go to the back of the bus, where you belong. The tone-deaf nature of Forward Together's messaging is beyond insulting. It is a crucial part of the big lie. It conjures up this Halisan idyllic past 
which never existed for communities of color or religious minorities, which means non-Christians, or uppity women or intellectuals, artists, liberals, and, and the LGBTQ community. It never existed for us. This centrism is not only morally foul, but suffers from selective memory. The only reason civility, in air quotes, prevailed in white Christian America was because the rest of us were outnumbered. So we had to, as the saying goes, quote, go along to get along. This was never a matter of choice for us. It was nothing more than surrender or a partial surrender to our abusers. Now Forward Together wants us to forget about our abuse and, again, go along to get along. That's not justice. There can be no peace without justice, and there can be no justice without truth, reconciliation, and, yes, reparation. All Forward Together offers us is the demand that we, again, unilaterally surrender to our abusers in the name of their vapid civility. Furthermore, that group continues to slander liberals while refusing to speak the truth about that concept, most aptly quoted by Eleanor Roosevelt. And here's what Eleanor Roosevelt had to say about liberals. Quote, long ago, there was a noble word, liberal, which derives from the word free. Now, a strange thing happened to that word. A man named Hitler made it a term of abuse, a matter of suspicion, because those who were not with him were against him, and liberals had no use for Hitler. And then another man named McCarthy cast the same opprobrium on that word. We must cherish and honor the word free or it will cease to exist. So will Yang and his group continue to make excuses for the alt-right with arguments supported only by the straw man of false equivalents? Or will they join liberals and then apologize to us for their insulting tone-deaf statements. Well, that's our big report. Now we have a very short, and I have to get my sound effects together because this is the Jackass of the Week report. Give me a second. Dun, 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 dun. Have to get sound effects, and I know I'm not really good at this. I, I will get better at the technology, I promise. So give me a second here. We're getting ready for our Jackass of the, Jackass of the Week award. Here we go. Give it a minute. Come on. My phone's so slow. Come on. Now, it is time. The Jackass of the Week report. And now we have our Jackass of the Week award. And it goes to quite a few celebs. But this week, we specify Kylie Jenner, who's Kylie Jenner, as well as many other celebs who flaunt their private jets, which they take for short trips. Now, in an article from The Guardian, this is about how these celebs have their private jets, which became more fashionable when Trump uh, basically changed the tax code so that they could deduct, the, I think it's almost the whole cost of a private jet. Keep in mind, school teachers can only deduct $250 for their expenses, but these these celebs can deduct practically the whole cost of a private jet. And, you know, this had to do with the fact that um, Kylie and her, her partner, rapper Travis Scott, were on the runway of an airport, and they were between, you know, their, their two private jets. They each have one. 
and the caption was, you want to take mine or yours? Now, the tone-deaf nature of this message is appalling. There are children in Bangladesh and other parts of the impoverished South dying from malnutrition because the pollution in that area has rendered the soil incapable to grow many crops. The global climate crisis is killing people. But they make a cute little flaunting joke about which private jet should they take for a little short 17-minute flight, or in one instance, it was 12 minutes. Okay? And this is what they, they there was a review of celebrity jets tracking what they do. Okay? And one of the, excuse me, one of the estimates is that Kylie's, for instance, 17-minute uh, trip result, would have resulted in a ton of carbon dioxide emissions. Um, now, the same 17-minute trip would have taken her 40 minutes in a car. Um, but then Kylie took in the shorter flight, lasting just nine minutes. Okay? Now, when they reviewed celebrity jets, uh, to give you an example, uh, Drake took an 18-minute flight from Hamilton, Ontario to Toronto, according to The Guardian. Kenny Chesney uh, was in the air for 20 minutes between Akron, Ohio, and Pittsburgh. Mark Wahlberg took a 23-minute flight from Dublin to County Clare. And ironically, according to The Guardian, many of these really short flights are really to park the aircraft um, at a, a location that's either more convenient or less expensive as part of a two-part journey. Um, Floyd Mayweather flew 14 minutes from Las Vegas to Henderson, uh, and then he flew 10 minutes back on Sunday. You know, again, um, this is really insulting, all right? It, it is tone deaf, but what really made it horrible is like the Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott, you want to take mine or yours, okay? You know, we know now that the major cause of, I won't call it climate change, global climate devastation is fossil fuel. In fact, the fossil fuel industry, by their own studies that we've quoted in this, in, in this program and other shows, knew for decades what they were doing. They didn't care. But these people, this is their, not only their Marie Antoinette moment, but, you know, people are suffering and Kylie Jenner is totally clueless. All right? It, it's disgusting. So, you know, Kylie's going to keep doing what Kylie does. And so for that and all these other reasons, she wins the Jackass of the Week Award. Here we go. Bray on, Kylie. Bray on. Okay, so that's our show for today. Went a little long. Um, once again, we have people in power that are clueless. Some that are clueless, like Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman. Some that are heartless, like DeSantis and Donald Trump. And some that are just downright evil, like the neo-Nazi regime. And all of us that are in the minority community, whether it's a community of color, religious minority, when I say religious minority, that means non-Christian. Um, that includes atheists and agnostics as well. Uppity women, the LGBTQ community. Um, we can go on and on and on, stick together. 
We have to stick together, and we have to get practical, and that means embrace the Second Amendment. Get you that AR-15, become an expert shot, get plenty of ammunition, and let your conservative neighbor know, we won't start it, but you're not going to get to shoot fish in a barrel anymore. So anyway, that's our show for today. Hope you learned something. Ah. Good night, and heaven help us.